could stand together and everyone singing tonight. All right, I don't want to do any solo up here, so everyone's singing together now. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my Sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for such a worm as I? At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Was it for crimes that I have done? He groaned upon the tree. Amazing pity, grace unknown, and love beyond degree. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Hold your place right there. Let's turn around and shake hands, and we'll sing that last verse in a minute. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. But drops of grief can repay the debt of love I owe. Here, Lord, I give myself away, tis all that I can do. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away, it was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Let's remain standing for a word of prayer. How many of you are glad to be here tonight? Say amen. I appreciate all of you being here. Those that are visiting with us, we have a few that are visiting with us tonight, and we are certainly thrilled about you being with us in our midweek service. Now, we're going to cut things a little bit short tonight, so uh, don't get excited, I mean, and uh, jump up and down. Amen. But uh, I'm going to let you out a little bit early. Look at Edith there. That's the first time I ever saw her lift her hands. Amen. <laughs> I'll make up for it Sunday morning. What we lose tonight, I gain somewhere, you know. But uh, we are going to cut things a little bit short tonight so that uh, the drama portion of the program uh, can uh, work tonight. So uh, we're going to take just a few minutes to sing another good song, have a special song, and then I'm just going to share with you a thought, and then we'll be letting you go, and then the others will be staying and practicing. But uh, we're real excited about all the things going on. Of course, this weekend is our... Uh, our 4th of July program entitled This is America and uh, many have been working for weeks and months on this and they're here every night got out about 11 o'clock last night and it'll be that way throughout the week and then of course Friday night Saturday night 
and then uh, Sunday night, the program. But uh, I want to, us to seek the Lord tonight and ask his blessings upon Let's pray now and ask the Lord to speak to all of our hearts tonight. Father, we thank you for bringing us together tonight. And we ask you to give us a word tonight that would encourage our hearts and speak to our hearts and challenge us about the needs in our life. So we ask you to bless the fellowship. Thank you for each one that is here. We pray for the youth activities tonight. Pray that you'll be with the junior high in their service, the senior high in their service, and then be with us in this service. Speak to us now. Bless everything that is done. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's continue to sing. 227, 227, at the, no, that's not it, 308, are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Boy, it goes when you hit 40, doesn't it? 308. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you walking daily by the Savior's side? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Do you rest each moment in the crucified? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood? In the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Lay aside the garments that are stained with sin Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb There's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? All right, you may be seated. Let's let our ushers come forward to receive our offering. And let me remind you that everything you give on Wednesday night goes toward our Bible conference in the fall. As I said the other day, we are just a few weeks away from the conference coming up in September, so about 11 weeks away, about 11 and a half weeks away. So I want you to give. And everything you give now is how we are taking care of the lodging for the guests that come in. For a number of years, we've asked people to buy rooms, and we've had to raise uh, four and $5,000 a year, and you've always done that. But we thought we'd take our Wednesday night offerings and where you give a little bit along the way and uh, we make it easier on some of you. But I've always appreciated your sacrifice. So what you give tonight goes toward the Bible conference. So you give. Father, bless the offering now and the reason for which it is being given. Speak to our hearts again tonight in this service. In Jesus' name, amen.
to Calvary, and why was his life's blood shed for me? Why did he suffer as no man has ever done? There's just one reason, and I am the Take your Bible and turn to Psalm 32, Psalm 33, rather, if you would, please. Psalm 33, and I want to look at just one verse of Scripture tonight and just share with you a thought as we are preparing for this weekend and, and the emphasis that we are going to place in this place on the weekend. But uh, I want to just uh, share with you some very simple thoughts, and I'm going to be very, very brief tonight. In fact, what I'll share with you tonight, I will enlarge upon Sunday morning. But I just want to say a word tonight about how you can be a part of saving America. How you can be a part of saving America. I think sometimes when we think about America, we think and the total picture, and we think, I'm not important to what goes on in America. I'm not important to... Uh, where America's going, the direction is. But I want you to understand something tonight. You are America. Every individual in this room tonight, you make up America. And so you are very important in saving America. So I want us to think tonight with just a few simple little thoughts 
And then, as I said, I'll enlarge upon this Sunday morning. But let's stand as we honor God's Word, as we read it publicly tonight. But look at Psalm 33, and notice verse 12. Psalm 33, notice verse 12. The Scripture said, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom He hath chosen for His own inheritance. Now, let me read that again. Then I'm going to have you read it with me. But I want you to listen to it. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom He hath chosen for His own inheritance. Now, will you read that verse of Scripture with me? Let's read it together. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom He hath chosen for His own inheritance. Thank you. You may be seated. Let's pray. And then for just a few moments tonight, I want us to think about how you can be a part of saving America. Let's pray. Our Father, tonight in Jesus' name, we thank you for this nation. We thank you, Lord, for this country. And more that we have visited other nations, the more grateful we are for this nation. And Lord, the more nations that you have allowed me to see and visit, the more I am appreciative that you let me be born in America. Father, I have deep concerns for our nation tonight. I am grateful for many things, but at the same time, I have some deep concerns. And Father, I realize tonight that saving America involves every American, especially the people of God. So give us a word tonight to just challenge our hearts and set us a thinking over the next few days. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you for it's in Jesus' name we pray and ask these things, amen. I think about an article that was in our paper today. Some of you may have saw it. It's on the front page. In fact, I was going to clip it out, and I forgot about clipping it out. But it was an article this morning in the paper about uh, people, about young people and college-age students and their knowledge of American history. And it was amazing when I read the article, and they had surveyed college students and different things. I forgot how many college students they had surveyed and asked them just basic questions about American history. And it was amazing how ignorant this younger generation is. And I use the word ignorant and not in a derogatory way, but just simply they just don't have any understanding or knowledge of what went on in this country. And it talked about college students and what and questions they asked them. And they couldn't answer just some basic questions about American history and the start of America and things like that. It's in today's paper. You can go home and read it. One senator even said that George Washington is becoming a thing of the past. And in the article, it was a very disturbing article when you realize how little the younger generation knows about this nation and how ignorant they are of the events that shaped this nation. But I read the article and I thought about another area in which a lot of people is ignorant. And that is not only the events that shaped this nation, but what really shaped this nation. And not only does the younger generation and college generation and even older generation, uh, they're also ignorant of what it is that made America what it is. And what it is that has made America the kind of nation that it is. I want to just say just a word tonight, just by way of introduction. I want to remind you tonight, when we talk about America's problems, and you hear everybody coming up with this ideal and coming up with that ideal and all these studies that are done and whatever, and I don't claim to know everything. I have stayed in the Holiday Inn Express, so that helps a little bit. But uh, I don't know, I don't have the education, some of these doctors and whatever like that. 
But the more I listen to them, the more I realize that the majority of what's going on in this country have no clue about what the solutions are to the problems in America. I want to just say tonight very quickly that the solutions to America is not the Republican Party. And the solutions to America is not the Democrat Party. The solutions to America is not in the Green Party. And the solutions to America is not in the Reform Party or any other party. I want you to understand tonight that the solution to America's problems is not in the White House. And the solution to America's problems is not who is in control of Congress. And I'm glad for that. Can I get an amen there? When I think about what we've had in the White House and the screwed up mindset that we have in Washington, it's a wonder God hadn't treated us like Sodom and Gomorrah. But the solutions to America is not who's in the White House and it's not who's in control of, of Congress. And the real solution to the problems of America is not balancing the budget. It is not what to do with fixing Social Security. It is not cutting taxes. It is not coming up with a plan for prescription drugs. But I'll tell you what the solution to America is tonight, and the solution to America's problems, it's one simple word, G-O-D, God. That's the solution to all of America's problems. You notice in Psalm 33, verse 12, the Bible said, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Now, you find that word blessed often in the Psalms. You find it often in the New Testament. And there are two different words, but basically have the same idea of being extremely happy. And the psalmist is saying in verse 12 there of our text that extremely happy is the nation whose God is the Lord. That would also imply unhappy is the nation who the Lord, who God is not their Lord. So the psalmist is telling us that a real happy nation, a prosperous nation, and a blessed nation is a nation whose God is the Lord. And he would also imply that a nation that leaves God out is a nation that would be unhappy and a nation that would have all kinds of turmoil within. I say tonight the solution to America is what God does in America. It's not who we put in the White House this fall. It's not who keeps control of the Congress or regains control and all of those things. The real solution to the problems in America is what God does in America. Now, because it's what God does in America, then that makes every person in this room very, very important. You are important. You say, well, I'm just a little old person. I live over here. Nobody knows anything about me. That don't make any difference. You're important because the solutions to America's problems is God. And if you're God's child, then you become critical with what will happen in this nation in the days to come. What can we do to save America? I just want to point out four simple things. You may jot them down. First of all, I believe this, that the solutions to America prob America's problems depends and relies on the people who will seek God. It depends upon the people who will seek God. You remember 2 Chronicles 7, 14, that great promise on revival? And you remember God said, if my people will seek, turn from their wicked ways, humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, then will I hear from heaven and heal their land. The answer to all the problems in America is people getting a hold of God. Are you listening to me tonight? It is people seeking God. It is people praying that God would be gracious to America. It is people praying and seeking God and asking God to bless America and for God to preserve America and for God to prosper America. And you see, it's a matter of people who are seeking God. Therefore, you are very important tonight. Now, you may not be able to run for office and you may never hold a public office. But I'll guarantee you one thing. It doesn't matter who you are, how well-known you are, or how unknown you are. You can pray. 
And you can seek God and you can get a hold of God. That's where the need is and people getting hold of God. Second of all, a people right with God. Righteousness, the Bible said, exalteth the nation. Not necessarily that that nation is righteous in itself, but the people of that nation are righteous. I believe this with all of my heart. That which is spared the judgment of God on America because of its sins and so forth through the years has been the people of God in places like this and in churches all over this country. That's why God has spared America. That's why God has given us 208 years of freedom. That's why God has allowed America to continue on. It's not, it's not because of what they do in Washington. It's for people like me and people like you that love God and try to live right and try to be right with God. It is righteousness that exalteth the nation. Can I get an amen right there? A people who will seek God, a people who will be right with God. Thirdly, a people who will experience revival. I believe this all my heart. The answer to America's ills and problems is God once again visiting America. God doing something and mighty power, sending his revival. I'm often asked, do you believe God could send a nationwide revival in our day? I believe he can. If he will, I do not know. I don't always understand revival. I don't understand why revivals come at certain times and why they don't come at other times. You realize we're the only generation in American history that has never seen real revival? You read in your church history, you read in American history, practically every generation in American history has seen some national movement of God except for this generation. And while our needs are tonight, and the only hope that we have is for God once again to give us another great awakening, to give us another revival like the, in the 1800s, once again touch us and visit us in revival. And so that makes you important. You have revival in your heart. Every one of us tonight, me, you, every one of us, if this country doesn't have revival, me and you that are a part of this country and this area, we need God to give us revival. I'll give you a fourth thing and a final thing. I tell you what we can do, and that's win other people to Jesus Christ. You know, I hear them all, hear them all the time, and I listen to them. I watched, I remember back there in the Columbine shootings, and I remember watching about an hour special on what's gone wrong with American youth. And they began to have all these psychologists and doctors and all these professionals, whatever, and giving their opinions about why something like that would happen at Columbine and why it's happening around the country. And they talk about this and talking about that and all that kind of stuff. And everyone was making their recommendations how we need to have laws about this and, and stricter laws in this area and all these kind of things. And I listened to it all. And I, as, when they got through, I thought to myself, you missed the whole point. You're just dealing with symptoms. You are just putting up smoke screens. You're not really dealing with the issue. You know how to change things and stop things from happening like it happens at, happen at Columbine and this, that, and the other? You know how to do it? It's not by creating new laws and passing stricter laws because laws do not change the heart of man. You see, the heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. The best thing, if, if, if America, listen, if Washington really wanted to change the problems in America, then the best thing they could do is issue and have a national revival and call out every child of God and turn everybody into soul winners and send them out up and down streets and lanes and win people to God. Because if you win somebody to Christ, it'll change their lives. And when their life is changed, it'll change how they think. It'll change how they live. You see, the answer is, is getting people saved. I think through the years as a church, we have missed it. What we've tried to do is legislate morality. 
And what we've tried to do is to uh, picket this and strike this and, and to influence this as if we, to change the world and make the world live like us. Well, I've got news for you tonight. The world lives that way because that's the only way they know how to live. A sinner, what's a sinner going to do? A sinner's going to sin. That's what a sinner is. He's a sinner. And a sinner's going to do what's in his nature to do. I'll tell you what the answer is. Get a man to Jesus and get a man to Christ. And you get a man to Christ, it'll change his life and it'll transform his life and it'll make him a new person. That's the answer to America's problem is changing people. Changing people so they think different. Changing people through the gospel of Jesus Christ so they live different. And so, they, and this, and so that their whole behavior is altered. We talk about taking the Ten Commandments down and what we've done in our schools and done in our country and everything is we've taken out God and taken out the Ten Commandments to where there is no sense of accountability anymore and there is no higher authority. It's just live and do what you want to and this, that, and the other. But I want to tell you something. Saddest day in American history is when we took God out, took the Ten Commandments down, where we made, taught our young people that there is not a higher power that you're to be accountable to. The greatest thing that ever happened is to bring people to God and get their lives changed. You get a person saved, they will change. I'm saying to you tonight simply this, that we can affect America. You can affect America. And we may not be able to affect it nationally, but right here in our part of America, God puts you right here in this part of America, and you can make a difference in this part of America. You can seek God. If nobody else does, you can seek God. You can pray. You can be right with God. You can have revival in your heart. You win somebody else. And when you win somebody else, you change their life. I'm saying to you tonight that you can make a difference. And we can make a difference by just once again getting back to God. I ask you over the next several days, tonight, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday, I want you to think, what can I do? Will I be a part of the solution to the problems in America. Let's stand their feet, please. You have your prayer sheet. Look at it for just a moment. Our missionary of the week is Chris and Nancy Coates. And they serve with Word of, Word of Life in Austria. So we want to remember the Coates. And of course, they've been a blessing to our church and been here on and off through the years. Our church of the week is Walker Road Baptist Church in Morgan, North Carolina, Brother Mike Hatton. Brother Mike is the one that leads the congregational music during the Bible conference. You remember Mike. And let's remember Walker Road. And then our hospital list, we've had several in the hospital and still several in there. Miss Dantzler, of course, is Memorial Hospital. She has cancer. Danny Woods is still in Memorial Hospital. Luther Jones is at Siskins Rehab. Miss Dendy is at Erlanger. She has pneumonia. Ralph Halsey, he's at Tri-County Hospital. He's... Uh, had some breathing problems. They think he has some asthma and allergy and things like that. And then Celeste Moore, uh, she had a baby boy once. Baby boy, is that right? Baby boy, nine pounds and something. So uh, she finally got that baby boy here. So let's remember Celeste. I want you to do something tonight. Again, you can be a part in saving America. Do you believe that? You see, it's what we do with God. And when God is pleased then God will bless, and that's the difference. And if God's blessings are taken off of me and taken off this church and taken off of you, it doesn't make a bit of difference what we do. It will not work. And if God takes his hand off a nation, I don't care what you do. 
it will not prosper. So the dealings with God, God's not going to respond to laws that are passed in Washington. He responds to prayers of people like you, people that are praying and seek the will of God. You see, it's very possible if God could ever send an awakening here. Someone mentioned about an article in Sunday's paper about revival in Kentucky, and I went home and read it in a church up in a Baptist church up in Kentucky. I've been going for weeks, and others have come in on it. And an amazing thing going on in the state of Kentucky. And they've been going on for now for several weeks, and, and uh, many, many are getting saved in it. And, uh, but I think if God could really do something like that in Kentucky or do something even here, that it could spread like wildfire. And before you know, uh, it's very possible that God once again could visit America. And if he did, you just take, you take the great awakening. Uh, you know how it started? It started in a little congregation in Northampton, Massachusetts, about 300 people. Jonathan Edwards began to preach on salvation by faith and people started getting saved. And it went for months and finally the numbers dwindled off. You know why the numbers dwindled off? People getting saved, you know why it dwindled down? When nobody else in town to get saved. And it spread out to other places and spread out and, and soon this whole nation. Our Declaration of Independence was influenced by what happened in that revival. The form of government we have was influenced by the work of God that happened in the middle 1700s. You can make a difference. I want you to come gather around the altar. I want you to pray for our missionary of the week. I want you to pray for our church of the week. And then I want to ask you to ask God tonight to let you be a part of the solution. Let you be a part of saving America. Would you come? Let's gather around the altar. I'll say more about these things on Sunday. But you come. Let's pray. Let's pray for this church. Let's pray now for the weekend. A lot of our city, county officials will be here on the weekend. State representatives, state senators from not only here in Hamilton County, Tennessee, but Georgia. All the surrounding areas will be coming in. A lot of special guests and distinguished guests will be coming in. We don't want to entertain them, but oh, may God get a hold of their hearts. Amen? Let's pray God get a hold of their hearts. Let's pray God touch every heart and just remind us and bring us back to help us to realize what it is that has made America what it is. Let's pray. Father, tonight, in Jesus' name, we pray now for the Coates family. Thank you for uh, Chris and his wife. And I pray you bless them as they serve working with young people in Austria and Eastern Europe. Bless them, Lord, and bless every need they have. Pray for Brother Mike. Thank you for his friendship through the years. I pray you bless Walker Road. I thank you for what you're doing there. Bless the ministry. Continue to prosper it. For our sick folk that are in the hospital tonight, I pray that you'd be with them and touch them and meet their every need. And then, Father, we pray now that for all of us, help us to realize that America is more than geography, that America is more than buildings and forms of government. America is people. And help us tonight to realize that we're just one among millions, but yet each person is important. The people of God are the most critical people to this nation's future. God, I pray you'd visit us with revival. I pray, dear God, you'd help us to seek your face, help us to live like we ought to live so that you'll be honored and glorified for your blessed righteousness in your people. Father, help us to be revived and stirred. Help us to win others. And Lord, just to bring people to Jesus Christ and their lives to be changed. What laws cannot do, the Lord can do. And so I pray tonight that you'd help us to win others to Christ. May we as a church impact our part of America by winning people and bringing people to you and their lives 
being changed by the power of the gospel. Father, we can do that. So help us, Lord, turn us into an evangelistic, aggressive, soul-winning church, reaching out, bringing other people in. Bless us now and anoint us and use us. Bless the program now Friday night and Saturday night and Sunday. Empower the program. Touch the program. Anoint the program. Give it life. Give it divine life in everything that is done. For every government official that will be here, city official, county official, I pray the Spirit of God to get a hold of their heart. For every visitor, I pray the Spirit of God will touch their heart. For every child of God, I pray, Lord, you'll touch their heart. Stir us about what it is that has made this nation and our role in saving it. So, Father, bless now. Bless the practices throughout the rest of the week. We lift it all up to you. We offer it as a gift to you that you might use it. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray and ask these things. Amen. Bless it is the nation whose God is the Lord. Are you glad to be an American and a Christian? Say amen. Thank you. You're dismissed just because I preached for 15 minutes. Forget it. All right? You're dismissed. Thank you for being here.